0: In the fragile substance of my soul And I have filled this void with things unreal And all the while my character is still you're listening to The Holy Catholic Brew, a podcast looking at faith, life, and culture from the perspective of two young Catholics. My name is Lyndon Chan, and I'm an Engineering Master's student at the University of Toronto. And I am Jeremy Zhao, your co-host, currently a seminarian studying for the Archdiocese of Toronto. In this podcast, we look at different topics each week for contemplative complexions and Catholic conversations. Trying to brew the things we wish we'd known earlier in life into the strongest drink allowed for public instruction. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of The Holy Catholic Brew with me, Lyndon. This time I'll be talking about that earlier incident. We'll be talking about a suicide that happened at the University of Toronto recently, actually in the same building that uh, my lab is in, and I'll be talking about what it means to love someone, what it means to show that another person is meaningful, what makes life meaningful, and how God, how love fit into this complicated puzzle of human life. Enjoy. Now I live my life like a Chinese painting. Shadows wash against the sky. Empty brush stroke. My darling, we never said our last goodbye. One more lifetime. One was an excerpt from Angel Island, a song by the Brother Brothers. Now the song's lyrics talk about a Chinese immigrant who went to San Francisco back in the 19th century in order to work uh, during the gold rush, and his wife, whom he brought from China, was stuck in immigration at Angel Island. But it's also very applicable to us in our relationship with God. Whenever we reject life, whenever we reject the things that God has given us, in a way it causes God pain, because he loves us so much. And it's a rejection of his love, not just the stuff that we have, but his gift for us. So last Monday, March 18th, um, the Bain Centre at the University of Toronto was closed. I was walking to my lab as usual and in the morning it said that the whole building had been closed um, until at least noon at the earliest. And I was a bit confused. I knew that something was really wrong. Um, I knew that something really bad had happened. And like a few hours later, after I returned back to my apartment, I got an email. email was saying that the Bain Center is currently closed due to an earlier incident. Campus police are not permitting anyone to enter the building at this time. And then they redirected students who had classes at the Bain Center to nearby um, buildings. And they said that members of our community may have been affected by the recent incident at the Bain Center. At this time we wish to respect the privacy of the individual involved and acknowledge the profound effect on family, friends, and colleagues. And then they start giving these different hotlines uh, for health and wellness, they start directing people to possible counselors, um, to different crisis workers, and so on and so forth. But it was only later on um, that I found out that what I suspected had happened, had actually happened. Someone had fallen to their death at the Bain Center, most likely due to suicide, um, but none of this was even mentioned in their email. Um, none of the students were kept up to date at what had happened. There wasn't even any sort of indication to the public that it was a death. They only said it was a recent incident and that campus police were taking care of it, everything would be okay. and with all this emphasis on mental health now in our society it seems kind of ridiculous it seems that like students people are being dehumanized, they're being dehumanized by this system that considers them as cases to be handled, as problems to be diagnosed away but not as people to be treated with love it's kind of like if you have a problem um, if you have Uh, if you're suffering from depression, from loneliness, well, then you can just call this hotline, uh, line up after all these tens or hundreds of people who have these same problems, and we'll try and assign a counselor, but uh, please leave a message, and we'll try and get back to you a week later. And it's situations like these that, where people are kind of dehumanized, they're kind of, it's these situations that causes so much despair in our world. I'm sure that you've all heard of stories how Uh, social media use nowadays is causing a lot more depression, a lot more anxiety and stress among uh, young people, especially millennials like myself. And I'm sure that in certain very serious situations, counseling can help. But maybe the best solution to these problems is simply to have more love, to start treating people like people and not as some problems that they need to solve um, to avoid bad publicity. And I think that one of the things I was most frustrated about in this situation wasn't, it wasn't so much that someone had died. It was how poorly the system was handling it, how unnatural it was to treat a person's death in that way. And the thing is that the dean didn't do anything wrong. In fact, he did everything by the book. Everything was done perfectly. He notified that there was an incident, that the building had closed, that whatever classes that were being held, that building were to be moved out, um, notified everyone what the expected uh, schedule would be for the reopening, that campus police were investigating, and that if anyone needed any sort of psychological counseling, that it would be available. Gave all that information. I remember last year um, in June there was another suicide in the same building, and this is the building that my lab is in. I heard that another person had jumped to their death, and again there wasn't any notification that it was a suicide. It was kind of through through social media, through forums that students had maintained from people who'd actually witnessed uh, the incident that the truth was really like acknowledged. Through official channels, through the university, nothing was acknowledged because I'd assume that um, the university didn't want to affect other students' mental health. But at the same time, there was a huge outpouring of grief when people found out what had happened. Just over the past week in the Bain Center, there were flowers being laid out on the first floor. There were cards being written, people writing things like, You matter, even when things get tough, you know, don't take your life. These sorts of things are natural and they're human. I remember that last year when people tried to post these flowers and cards, the university just cleared them out in like within a day or so. It was kind of trying to brush this problem. Of suicide, of mental health problems in the students, I was trying to brush them under the carpet, trying to pretend like nothing had happened. Now, this time, maybe I guess the administrator had learned their lesson because after a week later, these cards and flyers are still up. But at the same time, we kind of see the need to start treating those people around us with respect. Because from what I'd read of, of people who knew this person who had died, They didn't think that this person would have been depressed to the point of taking their life. So sometimes it's hard to fathom, but maybe that person who you know who doesn't have things going well in his or her life, maybe that person has been tempted uh, to take their life. And maybe God is calling you to be that person to show his love for them through you. And on another note, all these details, the fact that there was a suicide, The fact that there was a death in the community was only revealed after people started asking. People from the media, from CBC, different news outlets started asking around. And then slowly campus police started releasing certain details, but they wouldn't reveal the identity of the people involved, which I'm okay with. But just like the the bare fact that there was someone who died, someone who had committed suicide, and that things needed to be fixed, the fact that this wasn't handled was probably the most frustrating thing for me. And I guess you can draw a parallel with um, how we treat other people in our lives. Do we wait for bad things to happen and then try to fix them, try to ignore them? Or do we actively go out and seek people before these um, terrible incidents happen? Do we try and be with people on their own terms or do we try and bring them to our own terms before we talk to them? If you see someone who is lonely, who feels neglected, Do we say, I'm available on Mondays from 4 to 5 p.m., come and talk to me then? Or do we actively go out and seek them and ask them, you know, what time are you available? Um, Maybe I can try and adjust my schedule around yours. Maybe we can go out for a coffee together. Maybe we can talk about how things are going with your life. I'm sure that you've heard of stories of people who, who were stopped at the last minute from committing suicide. And it's simply just the fact that someone smiled at them who made them feel noticed, made them feel loved, that was enough to stop them from taking their own lives. Because so many people take their own lives because they don't feel noticed. That deep yearning in in the human heart for something that's good, true, and beautiful can only be satisfied by God. But God uses, he's chosen to use humans in order to convey that to other people. So if we fail to show that to other people, How bleak our life must be. In university, things are really tough. And when you start to measure your own worth by the grades that you're getting, something this individualistic, it's hard to see how our life matters when things get tough, our marks start failing. And it's precisely these times that we need to show people love. Because without love, it's all about trying to get things from other people, trying to better ourselves. But it's not about pleasing other people. It's not doing what's best for other people. And that's what makes life meaningful. It's these things that people miss when they're on their deathbeds, when they regret years on that I should have loved this person more. I should have spent more time with this person. And God reminds us through the Catholic faith that he's literally in each and every one of us. When Jesus says that when you serve the least of others, you're serving me, He literally means it. It's kind of like each person is a walking little tabernacle. And these things that we do for Christ in the Eucharist, we should be doing to other people. When we genuflect to the tabernacle, we're adoring Christ. But how often do we adore Christ in our neighbors? We emphasize in the Catholic faith that we shouldn't disrespect the Eucharist. We have to show due reverence. We can't simply drop the Eucharist. We shouldn't step on it. And in the same way, we shouldn't be ignoring, we shouldn't be dropping, we shouldn't be stepping on our neighbors. It's the same thing. We shouldn't be seeing our neighbors as instruments um, for our betterment, but rather we should be adoring them because God is in them as much as he is within us. We need to start treating other people as fellow children of God. And maybe... Hopefully, that would solve so many of the problems that we have in our society. And that's what makes life meaningful. That's all we have for this episode. If you'd like more information about that earlier incident that happened at UFT, i I've posted a link to some resources you can look up online. And next week, I'll be joined by Jeremy again. Um, we'll have a conversation about um, how it is that we discern the will of God, Uh, We'll be hearing from a person who's discerned for a very long time about entering the priesthood. And until then, thanks for listening. Goodbye. Lend me your hand and we'll conquer them all. But lend me your heart and I'll just let you fall. Lend me your eyes, I can change what you see. But your soul, you must keep totally free. Oh, God.